We are back. You are listening to Floor Radio. It is Friday. Mike Barker is on the line with us this morning. Mike is a regular on this program. He's with Investment and Retirement Management. Mike is a Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. He's a Certified Fund Specialist, offering securities to LPO Financial, a member of FINRA and SIPC. And by the way, this is a reminder, Mike's comments on this program are for information and perspective only and should not be considered investment advice. How are you this morning, Mike? Dave, I'm good. How are you? I'm okay, and it was kind of interesting after we talked Friday. We were talking before, during, and after the uh, the, the the jobs report, and you did you you did get that before I did. I was wondering how how'd you do that. Well, I, I I'm special, Dave. I see. <laughs> they shine on you no. there, do they? At uh, no, no. at the Commerce Department. The reason I said that is with some of the news this week on certain people getting certain pieces of. Uh, uh, certain uh, economic releases, uh, talking about the University of Michigan report, you know, a few seconds before everyone else. It's, uh, I thought that's what you were getting at there, but maybe we'll talk about that later. Well, then. maybe that's what, well, I didn't mean that, but, you know, hey, maybe uh, maybe that's something. I'm going to ask you about that in a little while. But for, first I wanted to ask you, this is about the market in general after that report. Uh, you said you thought that I wasn't going to do a whole lot, I guess, the market I'm talking about in reaction to that report. You said that even if it did go up uh, big on Friday, it probably wouldn't hold. And uh, I guess it seems like that's what's happened up until uh, yesterday anyway. Update us on just what's happened right after that report and since. Yes, I, and I think that's actually a good uh, good topic. Um, Friday is, is good topic for many reasons, but the first one that comes to mind is when the report came out Friday, and, and just so folks know, I, I gave you that number on the air live Friday and got right. it before you because I was I was looking at the TV, so it popped up. I read the guy's lips. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> I, 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 that's uh, right. And I had to wait five seconds or so for it to pop up on the air, so uh, you got the same time I did. I just read the guy's lips because uh, I had the volume down. But anyway, um, the, the biggest thing I think about that report, and I think this is important, I had mentioned while we were talking, remember the futures went up, I don't know, 60 or 70 points or so while we were talking, and I felt like it would there would be an attempt to give that back. And it remember, it gave back about half of that right before we went off the air. Mm-hmm. And I had talked about how 10.15 or so Friday morning would probably be the key time to get a sense of how the market was going to react to that report. And and even with that, if it were up pretty big Friday, I felt like it would probably give it back, you know, first part of this week anyway. Uh, and I really did not think that report warranted any sort of big up move Friday in the market, but we did get that, and it started around, you know, right after 10 o'clock or so. So it was a textbook day and a textbook first few days of this week as far as that report is concerned. The Dow was up just over 200 points Friday. And what's interesting is, and I, and I think this is important, uh, I talked to an individual late Friday afternoon, and he said, I heard you on the radio Friday morning, so much for this report not mattering. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the market was up 200 points, and you didn't think it mattered that much. And I said, well, let's take a look Monday, Tuesday, next week, and, and see what we think, <laughs> which, of course, was this week. And uh, I can, I'd can i like to go through that, Dave, but if you need to take a break, you stop me, and I'll No, no, do, and okay. uh, we got a couple of minutes for the break. Okay. The, the, the interesting thing about Friday also is if you back up to, to Thursday, we're talking about last week now before the jobs report came out, the Dow counting Friday's 200-plus update, 200-point uh, update Friday last week, was about 400 points above the low of that previous Thursday, the, the previous day. 
that's important. That's a pretty good move off that Thursday low. But there were all kind of technical reasons I really did not think that jobs report would hold as far as an up move in the market Friday. And, 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 and thank goodness for what I was talking about. When you go back to Tuesday this week, the Dow closed right around 15,122. And I'm sorry, I'm losing my track, my charts here, Dave. Uh, the key number was Thursday before the jobs data came out. The Dow was right at 15,040. 15,040. It was back below 15,040 on Wednesday this week. So there you go. Three days after the jobs report comes out, not only is the market not higher, it it it, it isn't even where it was before the jobs report came out. It's lower. So that's what I was talking about. And then, of course, and that was exactly what we felt like would happen. And then it leads us up to yesterday, and yesterday's uh, an interesting discussion in and of itself, if you want to get into that. Let's take a break here, and then we'll come back with that. And I'm just still curious about the market and the jobs report in general. Let's take a break here and come back and ask you about that, and then about yesterday. Okay. Mike Barker is with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management. We'll be right back. This is Flow Radio. This is Floor Radio. Mike Barker's on the line this morning with us. We're talking about, well, we were talking about the market and the jobs report and what's happened since then. And, you know, the jobs report really wasn't all that great. It just wasn't wasn't bad, I think. You know, it's just, and, and are people looking for, well, this is not good news is bad news out of a situation. Uh, people are thinking that if the news is too good, then the Fed will pull the punch bowl away, I guess. What was what was the, re- the reaction over that jobs report? Well, I, I think uh, a lot of people were calling it a Goldilocks report, and, and it was slightly better than expected, but, but not statistically meaningful as far as that goes. And th- I still think there's way too much attention put on this jobs report. But if, you know, if people want to make it a big deal, that, that's their business, and if they decide it's a big deal, maybe it is. But to me, that's not a meaningful investment portfolio strategy point. I you think know, right, you know, and what they what they give you in April, they take away in uh, the next month anyway. As you know, for the for the most part. Well, you talk about the revisions. Yeah, yeah. When you add in the revisions to this report, and then you add in the birth death adjustment that's in this report, um, we could do a whole whole show on what I think about this report, but. The bottom line is, I think the reason the market had that big up move Friday is you have to back up, I think, to the belief that started two or three weeks previous about whether the Federal Reserve was going to begin to taper. You know, that's the buzzword now, taper. Are they going to taper QE and begin to pull back on all this bond buying they're doing and, you know, upset that that big liquidity uh, faucet that they've had going for for a long time now. And I think the the concern going into that report from a trading perspective is if it was terrible, 
I shouldn't say terrible. If it was not as as good as people thought it was going to be, it might make people think, okay, the Federal Reserve's not going to back off on QE. They're going to continue to, to pump out the money. That could be a good thing for Wall Street and stocks. If it were much better than expected, it may throw more fuel on some of this discussion that maybe the Fed is going to start pulling back, and the market's just not going to handle that very well, and the bond market won't either. But that report... I think was just enough to not really upset the apple cart, so to speak. So you get this up move, and it being a Friday, once it gets going, it can kind of feed on itself. But I still felt like one day this week the Dow was going to be back under 15,000 and give back every bit of that game Friday, and that's exactly what we got uh, through Wednesday. And then you had the big up move yesterday, which, as I mentioned before the break, is is maybe another discussion. Well, Well, talk about, you know, I see the reaction on Friday to the jobs report, but just about the rest of the week, with the exception of yesterday, was pretty grim, actually. You know, down triple digits just about every day, wasn't it? Yeah, m- Monday was down slightly, nothing big. And then Tuesday is, is again, another key day. You know, I, I've used the phrase turnaround Tuesday for years on your show. And Tuesday was classic this week. Uh, down day down about 116 on the dial, closed pretty close to the low, and that kind of set the down move up for Wednesday, in my opinion, down another 126. And uh, and, and that's the close that put it put the dial under 15,000 and uh, put the dial lower than it was, uh, you know, on Thursday the previous week before the uh, jobs data on Friday. The other thing about Wednesday, and a lot of people may not realize this, uh, the 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 uh, day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week was the first three day consecutive decline in the Dow this year, uh, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of technical things that happened this week. I think that uh, may be showing up some some more deterioration underneath the surface in the market. That said, if you had told me Wednesday at the close that you thought the Dow would be up what was it yesterday, 180 points or so. It was up over 200 at, at one point late yesterday. If you had told me that was coming, uh, I, I would have probably laughed at you. But uh, there it was yesterday. <laughs> okay. Let's take a break. And let me let me ask you about that, uh, what happened yesterday on the Dow. Mike Barker's with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Okay, we are back. You are listening to Floor Radio. Mike Barker's on the uh, on the line with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management. We're talking about the, the market over the course of this week, well, at least since last Friday in the jobs report. Yesterday was the first update that we saw, and and it was up a good deal. And I guess it was what the the retail uh, number up by six tenths of a percent. Is that is that what jazzed everybody? Boy, I doubt it, Dave. <laughs> I highly doubt that's what it was. What, what, what was it, it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yesterday's kind of a mystery to me, to be honest with you. I, just remember, Dave, I, I'm unlike some folks that you can interview about the stock market. If I don't know, I'll say I don't know. 
and I really don't, I really don't know what why the Dow was up so much yesterday. It, I mean, I can speculate it could be, uh, you know, we, we talk we've talked about Japan a lot lately, and uh, the, the the Nikkei, that's the uh, Japanese, uh, you know, one of the big Japanese market indexes for folks who may not be familiar with it. Uh, it was down over 800 points uh, overnight on uh, Thursday night, our Thursday night, early Friday morning. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, our Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. Right. And, uh, and and our market, you know, was not doing anything spectacular early yesterday. And and then when you, and it's, I know this is not a currency trading show, but I'm spending a lot of time looking at dollar-yen lately. Uh, you know, how the dollar's in relationship to the yen, which is the the currency in Japan, for folks who aren't familiar with that. But And I will not get into that, but it, yesterday could have been a combination of the, 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 our market did not react big negatively early based on what happened in Japan, you know, overnight Wednesday night, our Thursday morning, you know, that big down 800 uh, day. And dollar-yen kind of settled down a little bit. And then the bond market, uh, yields in the bond market began to act a little more calm uh, in our market. And, and plus, our market went into yesterday early in, in somewhat of a technical uh, oversold condition. And you can get these, these bounces. And once it starts, you can kind of feed it feeds on itself. And that, that may be what yesterday was. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of pulling at straws, really, because I... I, in the overall sense, I, I just don't get yesterday. Now, one last thing I'll say that may be the most important, and I'm sure you'll ask me about this anyway, the Federal Reserve meets next week. And there might have been some people getting a notion yesterday that maybe the Federal Reserve is not going to pull back on QE at all, uh, not taper, so to speak, and that maybe jazzed things up a little bit yesterday as well. So, I mean, I, again, I'm just kind of grasping at things that might have something to do with yesterday. They may have that have absolutely nothing to do with yesterday. I don't know, but a weird day. I'll put it that way. I see. Well, I guess all of the headlines, and I'm not really seeing any, but they they have to say on the retail sales numbers, right? I mean, yeah, I guess the, they have to do something. But but hey, listen, and, and I cannot stress enough, and this includes me. Just because someone tells you yesterday why the market did what it did, does not mean that's why it did it. Yeah. Well, well, they say. Uh, market up on retail sales numbers. That doesn't mean that retail sales numbers were the reason. They just right. were up on it, and this that that's like fill in the blank, and we'll write a headline. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, you, you get my point. Yeah. Um, now the Fed. Um, a lot of people are saying that they expect the Fed to sort of calm everybody. Uh, in this next meeting, this this meeting next week, and let them know that um, oh they're not necessarily going to uh, do anything drastic. They're not going to change rates, and they may do something gradually. Um, you know, in terms of reducing the pace of quantitative easing. What what are your thoughts on that whole thing? I, I really think this coming meeting will will be probably the most interesting in a long, long time for, for multiple reasons. And, and what I think they will do, and, and when I say this, remember this part, I, I still think Ben Bernanke is going to be much longer and later in adjusting anything that then people can imagine. 
I still think that. Uh, all these people trying to predict when he's going to pull back on QE or raise interest rates or what have you, um, I still think he's going to just be slower than people can imagine. So that said, what I expect next week is for for them to say something in, when they release their statement to, to, as you mentioned, to kind of calm folks a little bit on this belief that's beginning to build, you know, of them pulling back on QE and all of that. And uh, I, I know this is not an investment show, but I've talked about for, for months now for people to be very careful in any sort of bond-type investment or an investment that's mainly focused on yield, interest rates, those type things that, that people think of, you know, when they're in those type investments. And we've cautioned, or I've cautioned about what can happen when yields start going up in the bond market. And, and whether you're looking at real estate stocks or some of the ETFs or mutual funds in real estate, bonds, other type income investments, uh, folks can just pull them up and look at them for the last three or four weeks, and the drops are pretty dramatic. Yeah. Mike, let me, let me jump in and take a break, and I will, we'll pick up on this right after these, uh, these messages, if that's okay with you. Oh, yes, sir. Mike Barker's with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management, and we'll be right back. This is Flow Radio. This is Floor Radio. Mike Barker's with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management. Just before I so rudely interrupted you, we were talking about the bond market and drops in the bond market. And uh, I guess what that's going to mean going forward. And, of course, uh, uh, that was all said right after we talked about the Fed and Mr. Bernanke. And you thought he was going to surprise people by taking longer and longer to take any action. Yeah. And, and what I was getting at is... Many of these type investments we're talking about, um, you know, so many people that are in these type investments probably think of them as, quote, safe. And it's concerned me for months now that that people may be in a lot of these bond investments, yield-related investments, interest rate type investments, what have you, and they have a false sense of of safety in these things. Uh, In other words, they don't expect them to drop a lot. But, but the drops have been pretty interesting the last, you know, few weeks in, in some, of this type, some of these type investments. So my point is, and I'm glad we cautioned about this over the last few months, one of the things I've said more than once on the show is folks that are in these things and don't understand that need to quickly figure it out and understand it. And they also need to not have in their heads that they don't need to be worried about this until the Federal Reserve, quote, raises interest rates. Um, you can't wait around for the Fed to formally raise interest rates to take action in most situations. And this has been classic. The Fed has not raised rates. The Fed has not even curtailed QE yet. And there's already been a pretty pretty uh, marked reaction in the bond market in yield-type investments in the last three or four weeks. So, so that's the point there. So all that said, 
Uh, I really think next week uh, we're going to hear them word things in a way to to reiterate to folks that they are not getting ready or imminently going to pull back on QE. Now, I could be dead wrong. We'll, we'll talk about it if I am. But uh, I, I just think they're going to try to say some things in a way to to get people to back off a little bit with this belief that seems to be building that interest rates are about to really start up. Well, that would seem to be a safe bet in that anything else would would sort of give the market a shock, wouldn't it? Well, most likely. Uh, but the, the other thing I think people need to bear in mind, and, and I, again, this is just my opinion, but this started, in fact, you and I talked about it that particular week. I think it was three or four weeks ago, maybe wrong, but... Most of this started when the uh, minutes came out that particular day, and then Bernanke, either that day or the day before or the day after, was was speaking in Washington to, to Congress, I think it was. And he was asked a question about, if you decide to start pulling back, how might you do that? And he was answering the question. And then there were some things in the minutes about some of the members of the Federal Open Market Committee, you know, talking about, you know, how they might pull back on QE and what data might start that and all of that. And, you know, I use that analogy about if, it, if, if there's blizzards this winter, you might want to be prepared. But that doesn't mean I think it's going to happen. Yeah. So, so my point is, I really think a lot of that talk and chatter uh, was, was not warranted and was not based on what really happened there. I think, I think a lot of people misinterpreted that, type, that what was going on during those two days. So I think they'll use next week as a way to try to calm that down a little bit. Now, if they don't, I think it's going to be a major, major game changer, and uh, there could be some some very interesting reactions in the bond market in a negative way uh, if I'm wrong about this. But I think that's what they'll do, and we'll you know we'll of course see what happens. Well, whenever it is that, and at some point in the future, the Fed is going to say, okay, we're going to increase rates, we're going to. Uh, squeeze off quantitative easing, and then what's the market going to do then? Well, I mean, like we've I've said for months now on that, it depends on the lay of the land when we get there. Uh, And I still think the market's going to be ahead of this. I I just think one of the biggest mistakes people may make, you know, in the future related to this is waiting around until the Fed rings a bell and says we're going to raise rates. Uh, I think if you're a trader, even an investor, uh, if you're waiting around for that bell to ring to start making decisions because of that, I think it's going to be very, very late yeah. You know, in that process. I think it will have already started in the bond market. Yeah. If you are, you're probably not making your living investing, I suppose. I hope you're not. <laughs> Let's take a break here, Mike. Mike Bach is with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management. We'll be right back. This is Flow Radio. This is Floor Radio. I'm Dave Foster. Mike Barker's on the line with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management. You mentioned something earlier in the conversation I wanted to come back to, and you had talked about how the market has changed over the last two or three years, especially, and you mentioned this last week, if I'm not mistaken, things you're seeing on a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour basis. 
and I think you mentioned uh, uh, high-frequency trading, something you called, I don't remember, AI, something like that. Could right. Have, could, could have been something like that. Um, there was a report out a couple of days ago about certain traders getting some of these reports before others, even though it's not by a whole lot. Is this part of what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the high-frequency trading, uh, I had someone ask me not too long ago, he said, are you talking about day trading? And I was like, my goodness, day trading is a turtle compared to high-frequency yeah. trading. And uh, I even was talking to someone, I guess it was a couple of years ago, and we were discussing, uh, you know, high-frequency trading and how the signals are, are transmitted and all of this. And, I, and I, I asked this particular individual, I said, so... So they're they're speeding up how fast a signal gets to a satellite, you know, obviously orbiting the Earth, and then back down to the receiver. And he laughed, and he said, "That's a turtle." <laughs> and I said, "Really?" He said, "Oh yes." He said, "These high frequency trading firms," he said, "the, the speed of a signal going from a satellite back down is way too slow." He said, "We're talking about computers physically being." at the exchanges or in very close proximity to the actual stock exchange computers and, you know, fiber optics and all this other stuff that's way beyond my, you know, capacity to understand. But what you're talking about is one of the reports that was released in the last few days. I think it's the University of Michigan Cinema report, I believe. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, it was found out that some entities were getting this report, the data, you know, I think it was two seconds before other people. And a lot of people say, well, two seconds, big deal. In the high-frequency trading world that operates in milliseconds, two seconds is an eternity. So, and, and there, were trade, there was trading activity, you know, during those, that two seconds and all of that. So that's what started this week. And, and my point in this being a topic, you know, a couple of years ago when we first started talking about it, if you're a high-frequency trader, two seconds matters. And so, then, so then they've got algorithms in the computer someplace, so when X happens, you do this. So, I mean, it doesn't take but milliseconds uh, to, to react. Right. And, and, and when I say AI, that's what I, I, I was using the slang in the industry when I said that, but that's artificial intelligence. Okay. And these these firms write algorithms to parse these reports very quickly. And, and say, so keep in mind, if you give me data two seconds before someone else, the human body, the human brain can't even read the report quick enough for that two seconds to matter a whole lot. I mean, you can't even enter an order quick enough to make it happen. But if you're, if you're running on algorithms and high-frequency trading, it's computers. And that's what I meant by artificial intelligence. They will get data, reports, uh, all these releases of data, and these algorithms are written to read this data so quickly, it's far quicker than a human being could ever read it. So that's what I mean by that. I see. So so do you think they're ever going to rein this in, you know, and change it? So, I mean, make this, well, I guess, you know, the, the genie's out of the bottle here. I mean, uh, I guess they, they, they can't. You know, well, it now, can they? well, that's that's a good question. And and as far as reining it in, uh, when this becomes kind of a hot button, uh, you may remember the so-called flash crash. Right. Uh, I right. forget 
I think it was maybe two years ago. I don't remember exactly. Uh, but that's that day to market. The Dow dropped almost a thousand points during the day and gained pretty much, you know, gained a lot of it or all of it back that day. Things were just going crazy. And some people were, were blaming algorithms and high frequency trading and all on that. Uh, and I say some people, I, I don't want to get into all that. But the, the thing that's interesting about this is you, you, you have things going on in a market on milliseconds that aren't, clearly aren't investors. Uh, as far as reining it in, uh, how do you do it? Uh, I mean, it seems like every time this topic comes up pretty hot and heavy, you'll have some of these firms come out or somebody representing them, and they'll they'll start talking about, well, we're providing liquidity, and you, you need this liquidity in the market. And I know that's not what the show's about this morning, but, but a lot of these things, when you start hearing this liquidity, it really makes me wonder how much liquidity they're actually providing. But that's, uh, that's well, just two I, guys out by I the don't know. Stuff. I don't know. we we got to go take a break here anyway, but... Um, uh, and anyway, let's take that break, and I'm gonna come back and change the subject. Mike Barker's with us this morning from Investment and Retirement Management. We'll be right back. This is Floor Radio. Mike Barker's on the line with us this morning. We've been talking about a variety of topics. And let me just ask you, you know, it's been a crazy week. We saw some recovery yesterday. Uh, what are you looking at, and what do you think is going to happen over this coming week? I think it's dominant. I think it's going to be dominated by the Federal Reserve meeting. I really don't think, uh, I can't see anything coming up you know, even today or next week, that is really of any big consequence except that Fed meeting. And I think it's one of the most important uh, in a good while. And, 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 and the biggest reason I say that, I think there is some belief out there, or some concern maybe I should say, that this might be the meeting that they begin to tip off folks a little bit, that maybe they're going to be pulling back on QE sooner than most folks may think. I do not think that's what's going to happen, but there is some people out there that are concerned about that, and if that happens, I do think that is a major, major game changer. Uh, I just don't think now's the time that they're going to be even talking about pulling back and all of that. So That doesn't really do, seem to be um, Bernanke style to do something like that. I mean, if he did it and he decided that's what he wanted to do, it seems to me he would do it something gradually, take his time, not not rile anybody. Well, you can rile folks if they don't expect you to even do that and you announce you're going to do it. See if you follow me there. Yeah. So, But I do agree with you, and it goes along with what I'm saying about I think they will be much longer than most people even think as far as when they'll start pulling back on QE and, and definitely as far as raising rates. But I do think that even when that process starts, I think they will just give so many 
months or weeks of warning that maybe it's coming, you know, that sort of thing. And then when they do actually start pulling back on QE, I think it will be far more gradual than people even realize. And then when you, when you couple that with actually raising rates, I think that is so far down the road from what people would expect that, that it would surprise some folks. So I do agree with you that when this process does start, I think it will be very, very gradual and very, very small. And it will be built into the system. As you said, investors will see it coming, and it won't shock anybody. Yeah, but keep in mind, the reaction to that belief and the reaction to that process starting could be pretty shocking. Uh, and, and we may have seen a little tidbit of that uh, just in the last three or four weeks in, in bond-related investments. So uh, it could be pretty upsetting in the bond market for sure, but Again, it, it depends on the lay of the land when they start and, and, and various other things. So when this announcement comes out, which will be, what, Wednesday, I think, or Tuesday? Probably, after probably something like Whenever that. it is, then if he says everything's fine, we're not going to do anything crazy, then the market shoots up? Uh, maybe initially, and I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead here. Uh, I, I always tell folks, let me just see if I'm even right about what I think he's going to do and say first. So if he does and says what I think he will, I'll then look at the, the market reaction. I would expect some sort of initial positive reaction in the stock market and a, and a positive reaction in the bond market. And, and I want to say one thing that confuses folks, or, or to, to try not to confuse folks. When I say a positive reaction in the bond market, a lot of folks think that means yields going up. That's not what I mean. I mean a positive reaction in the bond market from a price perspective. That would actually bring yields back down in the bond market. So don't get confused there with what I'm talking about. So if that were to happen, I'll be looking at that stock market reaction, and I might even begin to maybe sell into it from a tactical perspective. But that's beyond what the show's about. I just if the, if the stock market reacts positively to the Fed next week, uh, my first inclination would be to watch for it not to hold, and, and then we go from there. But that's that's a little bit too soon to be talking about that right now. Oh, gotcha. Well, we'll have plenty of to talk about uh, ne- next week after Mr. Bernanke and company make that announcement and we see the market reaction for a couple of days. Yeah, one way or the other from where we're sitting right now on the Dow, which is roughly, where are we right now? We're roughly 15, 176 or so at the close yesterday. Sometime in the next week or two, I would not be surprised one bit to see the Dow three to 500 points away from this number right here, uh, one way or the other. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Well, okay, Mike, always great having you on here. I, I appreciate it. And um, as as always, we may give you a call before we get to next Friday. Yeah, next week's going to be an interesting week. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Well, that increases the chances I may call you. Okay, I think it does. Have, have a good weekend, Mike. You too, Dave. We've been talking with Mike Barker from Investment and Retirement Management. This is Raw Radio.